<sighs> so I suppose we should just start a podcast, really. I Fun. believe so. What a silly oh, yeah. idea is that? <laughs> what kind of fantabulous <laughs> idea is this? I thought we were just going to sit here for a bit. Yeah, I yeah. thought the same, Ben. I mean, and yeah. then Neil comes along. Let's do the podcast. What the fuck, dude? All our yeah, evenings completely Maybe out the of voice of, Yes, the fact that I'm the voice of reason and uh, general <clears throat> tidiness is You're more the voice of me. treason. Ooh. <laughs> 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 mm. Mm. Anyway. Mm-mm-mm. It's Unchained, isn't it? Basically, it's episode 112. 112. What you're going to do when it comes for you? Probably nothing. Maybe it's asking for child support. We don't know. It's but don't open the door to it. Here it is, and I am back in this big throne-like chair. That it, uh, it's not really a throne-like chair. It's a very rickety wooden chair. In a very nicely new decorated room that isn't uh, doesn't really have the acoustic values of a submarine this time. So it's good. Um, yeah, we can actually hear you this time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm super happy considering you know we've taken wallpaper off and it's a bit you know minimalist compared to what it was in here it's uh pretty good like it um yeah there you just heard the voice of aaron Vashney who joins us once again and he is streaming at the same time as we do this which you won't be able to see obviously because it's not live this week oh no how you doing aaron yep doing fine doing fine yeah that's the standard i'm playing a game can you not talk to me response that's good <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that one. Good, good. Excellent. Um, you probably heard the slight uh, crazed mutterings of our resident Belgian-in-chief, Evan. How you doing, Kes? I didn't try butchering your second name this week. So. Okay. You can just do whatever you want with it. I'm used to it now, so just go yeah. ahead. Have fun. Uh, rhombus. There you go. Rhombus. <laughs> okay. So this week, my name is Rhombus. Cool. Yeah, there you go. And how you doing? How you doing, Mr. Rhombus? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you? Oh, yeah. Can't complain. Yeah, like I said, it's like an, a fresh room. for it. It's nice and bright here. It's, it's, I'm hoping it comes into how I present the podcast. It doesn't seem to be. To be honest, it's still the uh, usual rambling mess we normally put out. So that's fine. We're good at that. Cool. The fresh cool. prince of PSU. That's it. I got kicked out of my poor home and put, uh, I didn't get put in a rich one. That didn't work. Oh well. I didn't get a movie career out of it either. Soon. Just unfair. And the man that has hosted the last couple, including last week's live one, <laughs> he is the man who is Captain Division himself, Ben <laughs> Shilber Hall. I am How the doing, Division Benny? man. You are the king of division. Yeah. With my amazing 54,000 health heal now on Division. You just RPG elite. Yeah, I'm Excellent. How how are you doing other than Divisioning? Not too bad, thank you. Um, Just getting ready because I've got two podcasts today, so. Oh. Yes, that's going to be interesting for you, isn't it? You're uh, doing a Final Fantasy fourteen based one, I believe. Yeah, I'll be a guest on a show called Phoenix Down Radio, which might be live by the time you... Well, they record live anyway, so... Hello, Klaus. You'll probably heard me later on, which is in the past. But it's now... We're crossing the the timelines now. This is it. We've we've (laughs) back to the future. This thing. Going too far. 
Right, I suppose, you know, being a gaming podcast, we, we do occasionally talk about games. I thought we were here talking about, talking about sandwiches. I, it's I, I, not I, sandwiches or, you know, winking willies and Gordon Ramsay's <laughs> you know, oh, being sick because of winking willies. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> You just want to keep saying winking willies, don't you? I do. I'm going to work it in. <laughs> um, here we go. We've all played a few games this week. I suppose the first one to mention, because it's the big game this week, well, one of two big games, but the one that's obviously got all the PR behind it, um, The Division, which I'm guessing there's only one person in this room that's actually playing it, which is you, Ben. Wait, but... The Division came out this week. When did this happen? Oh, didn't <laughs> tell you. Oh. Oh, no, no one told me. <laughs> you, just, you just accidentally became a level 30 player in uh, The Division this week, then. Yeah. Well, you know me, uh, and glitches, it could happen. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, we've had a few just... glitches. Um, there's one, basically, you've got to carry these, like, boxes to put them down, you know, to rescue them, sort of thing. But my mate glitched, and his ga- character was carrying the box forever, which was hilarious. And then last night, we were playing it, and his gun glitched, and it started firing in above his head. So he had a gun <laughs> that was flying around him. Yeah, I seen a couple like interesting but uh it seemed to be that people are having it both ways there are people going well i haven't had any problems with this game and then there's people cataloging a list of well this has happened this has happened this has happened i mean i thought a friend of mine who i mentioned to him about oh did you have to do that whole queuing for the laptop thing he said no but, okay odd strange it's uh there's some very strange no... very specific bugs I've no major game-breaking bugs. I've had a few bugs where it's like weird glitches, like my mate teleported through the ground and all that was there was a pair of shoes and then he appeared somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's the big secret of the division, that it has teleportation. <laughs> and a side effect of that is, you know, a virus wiping people out. But yeah. other than that, how are you enjoying it or not enjoying it so far? I'm enjoying it. Don't go into it for a story, though, because there seems to be no story that I can think of. I've beaten the game, well, the main game, anyway, and all I know is that the virus is bad, people are dying, and there is a person that is doing a thing with the virus, and you must fight him. And then when you fight him, he is in a helicopter, and you must fight a helicopter, like every other action game ever made, ever. It's a high wow. D. That's- Behind D, what's a Russian gunship doing here? <laughs> uh, but the game is hilarious because we're doing all the side missions and we're grinding until we're ridiculously overpowered. The game is like, go use the turret, shoot down the helicopter. And we decided that there's a box of ammo right underneath the like cover, so we just stood under the cover shooting it down with our AKs. That, that's oh, how you me. fight a helicopter. Oh, nicely done. Come complain there do you uh, see any longevity in the division or do you think it would be another one that sort of peters out you've got well it depends on if you're a grindy type of guy if you want the best gear then yeah there's a lot of lot of you know because you got your daily quests your weekly challenge and then you've got all the dark zone gear that boosts you up yeah there is a longevity if you're that type of player if you're not then no yeah but uh, there was one thing I uh, to sort of bring up, I think, because 
someone mentioned it this week, the fact that it goes for a more realistic vibe than other sort of you know, smaller-based MMOs like this is uh, being realistic, but obviously higher players take more shots to kill. I'm I'm pretty much invincible oh. to be killed. It, breathing Manhattan. Yeah, and surely that takes away from what they're trying to build at the same time. A little bit, I guess, but to be honest, nobody really shoots anyone anyway in the PvP area. I I, I saw like two rogue people so far. Everyone else just works together. Hmm. Is what you want to see, to be honest, in most games. It's... Uh... So, yeah, that's to its credit then. And as soon as anyone goes rogue, the entire server goes after them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dearie, dearie me. So I guess that's taken up most of your time this week. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much all my week. Yeah, yeah. I I think I've seen you on it pretty much every day. Yeah, till ridiculous o'clock in the morning. (sighs) Oh, we live live those ridiculous o'clocks. But yeah, I've got an amazing bit as a healer because my mate, my mate is damaged. I built myself yeah. to heal. Uh, I've got my healing ability, which heals for fifty thousand health and gives an overshield based on how much it can actually heal if you don't have that much health. And the survival station where it revives you if you're in it, and it heals for two thousand HP a second. And the cooldown is fifty seconds, but the duration is thirty seconds. So there's only. And as long as you're in the circle, you get revived automatically if you get shot. Hmm. So, yeah, it's an easy Intriguing. way not to die. How many hours would you say you've put in so far, then? As you're a one day and 30, 20 hours, I think. Oof, mind me. Uh, that's yeah. not bad for a week's work. Yeah, cool. it's a bit too Excellent. much. All right, um... I suppose, Aaron, I, you're the only one that's a mystery to me this week on what you've played. What have you been playing? Well, mostly I've been playing uh, Black Desert Online. So oh, yeah. I've been playing that for about 20-odd hours so far now. Do you still have a ridiculous outfit? Uh, yeah, I still have that ridiculous outfit. <laughs> it's not practical. Uh, I get it. It's like... But yeah, it's like, later it, on it, I should be getting proper armour, so... I just need to get a little bit further in the game, but I've kind of like stalled at around level 20, 21 at the moment. I still got another thirty odd levels to go, but I think it wasn't yeah. just the, you know it wasn't just the fact that she wasn't your character was unarmored. It was the high heels that did it for me. It's like actually running up hills like that. That's tough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. These fantasy <laughs> games, it's terrible. It's like no, I it's Korean. It's Korean. This, but Korean <laughs> games, it's Korean. Just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they like to make all of the uh, female characters just completely over the top, and yeah, they go even further in Blade and Soul. But yeah, what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else apart from Black Desert? Uh, I have been playing more of uh, what's it called the Britain Hundred Nights, which oh, yes. it's not too bad a game actually. Um, I thought it would in actually middling be... reviews. Yeah, I thought it would be worse than what it would be, but but especially after um, what's it, Dane? He did the PS3 review, didn't see quite a while ago. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So I thought, he, oh he, no, he wasn't enamored. Just for clarification on that, he he was not a fan. Yeah. So basically, 
Dylan wants to review it, so I thought, okay, I'd review it. <laughs> that and, pretty much um, explains half my reviews, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, it's obviously not brilliant, but it's certainly not a bad game either. And it's just, there's some really weird quirks to it. And there's also some quite bad mistranslations I've noticed. And they've even got the main character's name wrong. Uh, <laughs> obviously, if, as soon as you put it into uh, the Japanese dialogue, so you hear all the voices in Japanese, you're like thinking, they're saying Metallica. Her name's Metallica. <laughs> yet, clearly in the translation, I wonder if they've got some sort of copyright protection against that particular name that they can't actually use it. So they've just gone, oh, my name's Metallica. It's like, what? It's just not the same thing. And I've done that with a few other characters and a few other things as well. And a few other translations don't quite make sense. It's like, oh, no. But other than that, which I'm I'm pretty sure is some sort of copyright and license issue. Um, yeah, it does sound like that, to be honest. Yeah, it, it's actually quite a decent game. So... Yeah, I, I um, assume it has its flaws. I'm guessing, though. Yeah, it, it has a a lot of flaws, but um, yeah, what I, would I you say in a particular would be the main problem with it that would, you can see why it wouldn't score very highly? Well, one is the burr. Yeah. Two is the camera angle. Now you can actually change the camera around. However, it kind of has a slight mind of its own. Even though it's top down, so that's kind of strange. Um, yeah. I just pretty much leave it at the top default one because that's pretty much all you need. Um, a few other things just seems like overly convoluted. Like you have to, well, if if you want to like do some trading or get certain <laughs> items, then you can like ransack a house, or you could just simply open a door and see what they give you if you're being nice. And I'm like thinking, well, just ransack the place anyway, you're going to get it. But then you don't get some extra stuff later out through the game. It's just like thinking, do you play bad? Do you play good? I don't know. What do you do? And and then some of the bosses kind of like just come out of nowhere with their skills. I'm like thinking, okay, um, you're supposed to get like a, a few seconds to be able to get away from this, like, big move sometimes you can't you just have to take the hits and it can be quite confusing that way so yeah or not confusing like frustrating so that, that, that's yeah. like a few things but yeah so yeah you can see where it's it's not yeah quite lived up to what people are hoping good okay so that was your main bunch i assume yeah pretty much and I think that's all I've played. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've played this week. Um, Kevin, just you hiding in the background there. Yes, Neil. Um, you've been playing yeah, a bit of Alien Isolation this week. Yeah, I've kind, I kind of hopped around between a couple of games. And I guess Alien Isolation is one of the ones that stands out the most to me personally. Because I love the first two Alien movies and the atmosphere in the game is just mwah, perfect. Yeah, I mean, it, it totally <laughs> It's captures. brilliant. 
it yeah. captures the, that fir- the first film sort of style. It captures almost perfectly the whole. Yeah, oh, I mean, the yes, design definitely, of it. Definitely. I mean, there is, there's, that, there's a bonus mission in that game, you know, that you can do, which is just basically you're on the original ship in the Nostromo, and you can just go around the same corridors, and it's just a, a brilliant recreation of that. Yeah, I bought it on Steam, so we're playing it on PC. It was only like 13 euros, 50 or something. Incredibly cheap, and it has the whole package. Every DLC, oh, yes. including the season pass, and I couldn't just let it slide. So I thought, you know, I'm just gonna get a, get it and go on it and enjoy it because I've wanted to get it for quite a long time, and I'm so happy I finally did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. It was really good. I I haven't played crazy hours on it because I recently got it like maybe two days ago. I only played a little bit on my own and kind of got caught around between different games. Um, but yeah, my friend came over today. We played a little bit more today as well. And it was the first time I actually completely saw the alien pop up. And I was like, oh, yes. Holy hell. He is huge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, that's when and you know, even, things are starting to get serious. Yeah. And, you know, I know that these type of games are usually made to play with a headset on in the dark. Enjoy. But, like, we were, <laughs> we were sitting next to each other. It was midday. Light was coming through the window. It was on speakers, so it wasn't that creepy, and yet we were sitting here like, hell no. <laughs> yeah. And that's I mean, just, I, that to I, me yeah, tells how much work they put in creating that perfect atmosphere to get that creepy feeling, even though if you would play it in the middle of the day, you'll still be able to feel the way that you should be feeling with such a game. <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally agree on that because playing it back before, it is, I had very much the same thing even in the daytime. It's just it was so unsettling and just foreboding. You just wanted to creep forward, especially once the alien appears, and you're just like, you know that he's going to be around a lot more. It's like, and it's just you don't really want to go too far one way or the other because he could be above you, the side of you could be coming up in you, and it's just it's wonderfully tense. And it's just the feeling of being hunted is just there. And it's exactly how it should be. And you've obviously not got to that problem yet, but the problem is it probably lasts a little too long as a game. I mean, there's, there's a bit, about three quarters in, it does get a bit, uh, no, all right, can we just hurry this up a bit now? But, uh, but it, it's still one of the best games of probably this generation, I'd say, you know, for what it is. You know, very few games out there trying to do that's what I mean. And the fact that it comes from the people who make the Total War games, it's just completely out of character for them. But it's re- really good. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm I, really impressed by it. Definitely. Yeah. I the mean, graphics. I brought... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I, said, I brought it up mainly because I'm currently playing Soma, which was out last year. It's another sort of first-person horror, which has a very Bioshocky vibe to it. It's in an undersea place, and it's weird know fusions of humanity and it's yeah it, it gave me a similar feeling you know again to, as i had with isolation where you, you're not quite sure if something is following you around or if you can see or hear something for a while but for me ready like i say what isolation does better is that because you know the alien is so well designed already it's like when you do see it it's instantly it is intimidating to look at it's it's a very intimidating in Soma, not so much. They, 
I can't, I'm not going to spoil it because Soma is something you have to play, I think, really, to sort of get it and enjoy it for what it is. But the enemy design is a bit weak, I find. And you've still got the suspense and you're still sort of like, oh, because you don't know what they're going to do to you. And it's like, I haven't had to find out yet. But yeah, it's a bit interesting. I mean, it's a different problem, though. I think for me in that game, my fear is more that it's um, Deep Ocean. I don't like Deep Ocean. And, but it's one of those things that sort of kept me away from Bioshock a bit more because it's like, yeah, not. Yeah, not too good with that. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying they were very similar sort of style games. It's another first-person horror type game that's just in a long line that's doing quite well, I'd say. But, uh, yeah, you were going to say something else, Kevin, before I, I sort of butted in there. So what were you going to say? <laughs> you can take a breath. It's uh... <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I really am impressed because... You know, it's the game has been out for a while now, and I didn't expect it to run completely maxed out on my PC on three monitors. But surprisingly, I'm reaching 60 FPS completely maxed out, and that's that is really amazing because it emerges even more into the game. At least that's how I feel. Maybe Farsh can say the same thing. I think he has experience yeah. as well with multiple I mean, monitors, even on the uh, PS4. It was still very, very handsome-looking game. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. Even on one monitor, that would intimidate me seeing the alien pop up, and you're like, "I'm so screwed," (laughs) because I didn't, you know. My friend told me a little bit how it's gonna be, as in, you know, when the alien pops up, you will notice. It's not that he's suddenly there; you will notice. And, and the cues are there audio-wise as well. It's yes, I noticed. It's <laughs> I definitely noticed. Because there will be cues. and you, <laughs> If you haven't, aren't listening, you can get caught out very easily. I, I found that, I think, twice with an air duct thing later on in the game. I just got for a very stressful bit in the room and didn't realize that the alien was just in the air duct right above the door. It's like, lovely. <laughs> it was a horrible feeling to have. Yeah. It's, yeah. Love it. It's they nailed it in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it's it's the best representation of alien. Yeah, and I I just love that from the second you pick up the device that you can scan the area for life forms. I think I've been running around, well, running, (laughs) crouching around with that thing all the time. Like, yeah, you don't run. You know, (laughs) I finally have this. No more running. Continuously beep beep. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just gonna play yeah. very safe and quiet and hope no one just pops up around the corner like hello <laughs> I'm not really hoping to die so but yeah I already died a lot because I didn't expect you know regular enemies as in random peoples so oh, yeah, because that was quite be surprising otherwise, I think if it was just the alien all for very <laughs> well, tiring but yeah I kind of expected be- you know since it's a big ship I kind of expected that it would be a big empty ship but People would just flee because they know there's an alien, and instead of having weapons around them and com- continuously trying to, you know, well, I guess kill other people as well, I kind of thought mm. they would just, you know, be after the alien themselves. But instead, it seems they don't really go after the alien, but they're actually just, you know, shooting at, you know, other people trying to invade their space, their personal <laughs> space, I guess. But yeah, I. I finally got yeah, past the really annoying part. <laughs> yeah, because in the very beginning, there's a part where there's 
I think you might remember where you pick up the one device to hack the doors, but you still have to yeah. find another thing to to get the complete device. But I mean, when you want to pick up the first device, there's already like an area where there's like four or five people. It took me quite a while to get past it because I didn't really get how I could get there because they were continuously in the way. The moment I opened the door, they were like, someone's here. <laughs> and that was such <laughs> a pain in the arse. But I finally got past it and I am now pretty much ready to, you know, get scared when I start it up again. Because I know how the alien is now. I saw him. I love him. But in a creepy way. No, wait, that sounds yeah. wrong. <laughs> I love how I he's it, represented. I'll, I'll say it like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get used to him in certain ways and then a situation will arise where you just... It becomes horrifying all over again. It's just because you can just sense that it'll be here or there, and you're just like, oh, you know, yes. you have to go somewhere, and you'll get caught in tight areas, and you say, like, oh Christ, this is just uh, horrid. It's like I found worse. The worst one was doing the um, DLC where you, you know, do the bits from Alien, and it's just like, oh, or even the survival stuff where you've got to like, you know, get for an area without getting caught by the alien who's hunting you. No, actively, actively hunting it. It's, it's oh, they're stressful. And you know, for something like that, especially when it's a an enemy like that that you're familiar with, and it actually makes it scary again. You know, what it's supposed to be. You, know, you could say the last few films with aliens and have made them very much fodder. And even games, you know, Aliens, Galoon, Marines was before this, and that just there's nothing in, in the slightest a bit intimidating about them in that game. Yeah, those games don't even really... I don't really feel attracted to try and play those games. So I, I never really bothered with them either. And, you know, when I saw this game, I, ha I had it like, you know, when you see the first things about the game, you kind of have the feeling like, this is going to be a right, a righteous representation of, of you know, the Alien series, the way they should yeah. be. And that's why I kind of felt, I have to get this. Especially at that price. That's a bargain. And I'm damn happy I did it. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's uh, definitely a feather in Stegas cap, getting creative with somebody to do that as well, which is yeah, nice to say that you can say pleasant things about Sega and this generation of consoles. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Anything else you've been playing? I hopped around a bit. So, I've, you know, I've been playing Alien, Isolation, um, as well as League of Legends. But I also played some uh, Dying Light the following with a friend. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, me and my friend, when we play, we easily get caught up in just killing zombies instead of doing actual missions. So the, <laughs> other, the other day we were like, you know, let's play the following and let's just get into it. And we, we played the full game together as well, the base game, and it was really awesome. So we were like, you know, the following is going to be really interesting as well. So we do this, and I think we ended up with like two hours of nothing but killing random zombies, not even doing a single mission. And eventually we were <laughs> like, wait, we forgot to do any mission at all. Maybe we should do it, but we it was already too late. Uh, in real lifetime, so we, we ended up going to bed and just having two and a half hours of killing zombies. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's the fun about Dying Light. You know, when you have games these days that have zombies, it's, for instance, Dead Island. It never really invited me to just 
mash on zombies just for fun. Whereas, because yeah, you, you wait in very tank like in the Dead Island <laughs> yeah. games, and it, it's here you can pretty much flit about the place at speed, especially when you're quite leveled up and you've got stuff like the grappling hook. It's just, and then now throwing in the, the cars as well, it's just nuts. <laughs> it's hard, oh, definitely. Things you can do. To be honest, with Dying Light the following, I find that the story is just randomly kill zombies and then next part happens for some reasons most of the time. Well, it, it's pretty much the same story all over again. It's like, there could be a cure. No, there might not be a cure. Yeah, there could be a cure, but there's not a cure. There's a cure. But maybe is there's there a, a cure. cure? <laughs> I heard there might be a cure. It's like, is this guy a bit shady? Yeah, but he'll be all right. He's not all right. He's all right. He oh no, he's stabbing right. me. Oh no, there's a zombie behind me. Oh, oh no, no, a zombie's stabbing me. Oh no, wait, no, no, it's okay. That, that said, some of the side missions are bloody good. They're just, you know, the little stories they tell, perfect. Dying Light, the main base game, did that quite well as well. There's just some nice little side stories to get into. You know, there's weird ones as well. And like, uh, there was that one in the main game where you had to collect those mushrooms for that woman, and that old witchy <laughs> woman. And then it just alters all the controls when you use it but great little moves like that or getting the wingsuit that doesn't work properly and <laughs> just collecting the stuff it's also played a bit of that this week actually kevin because i was playing the um uh custom maps that people have made on pc that they've uh, sort of ported over it's like there was a one where you basically swim underwater to an underwater sea that was Really cool. There's a one based on PT that's not not a bad representation. There's one at a space station. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what people are doing with that game still. I'm glad I'm glad to see that they're actually going to keep doing stuff for another year for Dying Light. It's it yeah they're they're doing well with it. That said, to be honest, I'd rather them focus on see. another Dying Light instead. Yeah, no, I think they probably are. They probably got a separate team just working on this as well so they might as well just keep keep it in the public eye so that when it comes around to the next game they can say well here it is like it never left it's or maybe they're working they, on I, dead island too the game that never no, really that's, so that, that's actually been done this week it's uh sumo digital taking over that so oh wow people who made little, little big planet free which you believe so that'd be a uh, dead island actually little big planet 3 was one of the worst little big planets so um so this is basically going to be Dead Island, but with sack puppets. That would, well, that would Di- that. Super Digital would like to come in and uh, basically help out on projects or do you know, projects that developers have gone and away from and uh, to do their own thing. They've done a few things, if I remember rightly. It's uh, I'm trying to think what else they've done. But, but yeah, like that. If you're talking recent times, that's the one they've done. And yeah, that maybe doesn't sound right, but in the same sense that you know. The order was made by a company that just made PSB ports of famous stuff, and it's they do other people's work mainly. And then, um, oh yeah, in fact, they're also one of the people bringing Rock Band Four to PC. Controversial, nice. <laughs> As you will. Wait, did you say it's coming oh, yeah. to PC? Yeah, yeah, they, they kickstarted it. <laughs> That's like, cool. I've actually called oh, it. Um, interesting. They also did Sonic All Stars Racing. It's, uh, and, uh, they did uh, Forza, Horizons, uh, Fast and the Furious DLC. They do Disney Infinity 3.0. And yeah, some other weird stuff. Isn't quite as good. Like some Kinect games and general stuff. Well, yeah. you guys are going to yeah. get to experience a game I played two years ago then. 
<laughs> yes, it's it's mad, isn't it? That it's uh, come to that. It's, uh, there you go. Was whistling there. That was an interesting. Who's whistling? Oh, they also did Toka Race Driver 2. Interesting. Oh, that was a major game. And Outrun 2006 Coast to Coast. So they have got some good pedigree. Oh, oh they did Super Rubber Dub. God, I'm finding awesome. Best game <laughs> awesome ever, 10 games, out of 10. Yeah, they did the Doctor Who adventure games, uh, that Dead Space uh, first person shooter thing. Like that. Wait, Doctor uh, Who is a first base. First person Dead Space game, did you say? I want, <laughs> no, I want to I see think... that. <laughs> you, you, you've missed something slightly there, yes. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. So they, they've done some stuff, but mostly they do stuff for other people. But they, they did Disney Infinity 3.0, which got quite well received. So, yeah, a bit different perspective on it. Be interesting to see if they can save it, make it worthwhile. But yeah, it's, if they start again on that one. That'd be the main thing. Which it's been, like you said, what two years since you played the original version? At least, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's it's. Yeah. How and much I'll are they going to be doing it? It was pretty bad. Uh, like, well, yeah, you so had for them to, to kick them off the project. Yeah. You had to go to a gas station to put uh, gas. Yeah, to like, yeah, like modify your weapon. But you had to hold the button down the entire time, and it took about Oof. a minute. To apply the gas to the sword, and then it lasted four swings. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I said to you uh, before, didn't I, that uh, Dying Light's trailers started coming out around that time. Obviously, yeah. they it was used to make there the as well, games. At the same time. Yeah, and I think that, that was it. The, suddenly, Deep Silver suddenly realized, "Oh God, what have we got here? This is uh, not good." <laughs> so, we're going to get shown up by the people who made the original Dead Island at this rate, Neckland and yeah balls up and yeah it's the same way i have for home front the revolution it's like the shame because again good good british studio like sumo who are going to get given this turkey yeah hopefully in both cases they turn it around and make something out of it but anyway that's probably enough of that talk plenty um i'm gonna talk about hitman a bit i think as well because Obviously, I've been playing that and reviewed it. So, you're giving a nice old 8 out of 10. It's great fun. And just like the Hitman games I've loved in the past, it's like the Absolution. A lot of people didn't like what it did in sort of making it a bit too accessible and too action y. It is more like Blood Money, which is you know, often revered as the game of the series. And yeah can't say much more than that, really it's just fun inventive kills you know, it's it's very much this whole episodic thing is obviously a bugbear for some but it's cheaper than ground zeroes was when that came out and my argument then with ground zeroes was that a metal gear fan is going to get hours and hours out of that because just the experimentation i mean it showed in the main game that it was probably too much in the way of levels with the phantom pain because you didn't really come back and concentrate on these levels. You just ploughed through to do the next bit and then finish it when you come back just to do it the perfect way. But I think that's probably where the strength lies in this being episodic, is that people are going to concentrate on each level, trying it out in different ways, playing it properly, it's like, rather than just breezing through the game and going, well, oh, it was rubbish, I did everything once and it wasn't enough. It's like, 
you played it wrong. Stupid. Um, I think, Kevin, you were saying earlier about you were a bit unhappy with the way they priced it. Yeah, obviously, if you pay for the introductory pay, I'll say this first, is uh, in English money is eleven ninety nine. And then if you want to get the rest of the game, obviously, it costs extra on top of that. And that comes up to more money than if you buy the whole game on its own. Is because if you're buying it up front, getting it at a cheaper price sounds reasonable to me. If you're going to buy an intro pack, it is pretty much a try before you buy and see how you like it, sort of thing. But Kevin, you were a bit more aggrieved about that, weren't you? Yes, because yes. <laughs> you said basically you buy the intro pack and you can try it out. But yeah, first well, size that... was junk as well. Yeah, but I mean. Isn't that the purpose of a demo? So why is there no demo anymore these days of most games? Because if you to look be fair, at this PlayStation is way Store, more than a demo. It, yeah, that's the problem. Could... Why would you tell people to pay fifteen? Well, it's fifteen euros for me, so I don't know. How, it was eleven pounds for you. Eleven ninety nine is the right. basic. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's so it's fifteen euros for me. It's it's twelve pounds for you. If you look at it, why would you have someone pay that money to test a game if you can just make, like, even if it's just one level, one level that, even if it's a separate level you made for a demo, you can do that as well. And you can put it online for free. That gives people the same idea about the game. It kind of right. feels like it's a bit of a ripoff because, you know, oh, so you buy the full game, you get you know, five euros cheaper out if you buy that than when you buy the intro pack and later upgrade it. And that kind of feels like a ripoff to me because if you look at it on a larger scale, that's a lot of five euros that you win just because of that. And I kind of feel that's a bit stupid. It, it just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. In counterpoint to that, uh, the, the week beforehand that they did put a beta for all PS Plus members to try out the first tutorial missions, which are pretty much like fully-fledged missions in their own right. The only thing that's different about them is they take place in a warehouse that's made to look like the levels rather than actual big levels. But I think there was plenty there if people really want know what they want with the game. They were like, well, I could commit my money to this or I'll wait for this. It's like, So it's, it's not like they've just gone, there you go, buy it this way or buy it that way. You've got no choice otherwise. They did give people a chance to try it. Yeah, no, I understand that. That's all right. Hell, I'm not going to... pre-ordered it beforehand and then cancelled the pre-order and played it that way, but not supposed to do that. So... Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, so they did two betas. I mean, they did the one for pre-orders and then they did the one for PS Plus members last week as well. So No, that's all right. I understand. I understand your arguments, but I mean, if you compare it to back in the day... I know this is stupid to say, but you know, back in the day when you wanted to play a game, there were so many demos. They would even be on a disc with magazines. And you could just pop it in and try out a demo. And if you look at it now, if you want to try a game, there's there's a big chance you have to pre-order it to then, if it's not what you like in the beta that they give, you can still cancel it. Which kind of feels stupid because... The idea of a demo is that you can test a small amount of the game. It doesn't even have to be one hour long. It's just a small amount where you you know get an idea how the game is, how the graphics are, everything works, things like that. It's it, you know I I don't see a, a beta as an actual demo because, like you said, it was for 
people who pre-ordered it and PlayStation Plus members, mm. you know, not everyone is PlayStation Plus. So the ones that don't really feel the need to pay for, you know, a subscription that currently, in my personal opinion, doesn't give the right amount of stuff for the price, those people are kind of screwed because the only chance they get to find out is if it's a good game is by buying the intro pack, which is instantly 15 euros slash 12 quid. Well, to be fair, nowadays there are a lot more ways to check if you like the game or not. You've got YouTube, Twitch. Mm. Even if you don't play it yourself, you've got all those. And also, if your friends are playing it, you can also share play with them to watch them that way, if need be. Wasn't share play a, a PlayStation Plus thing only? Yes, I uh, so. Only if you're playing the game. Oh, so if you don't have PlayStation Plus, you can join someone who has PlayStation Plus and does share play. Yeah, but if I'm right, if you have PlayStation Plus and you've got the game, you can share play with someone without Plus, but they can't actually play the game. You understand what I mean? They can watch you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's basically just a personal stream. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I, I understand that you can, you know, check YouTube and everything, but... I kind of feel like you can watch a game and feel like it's not really your thing, but then when you actually play it, you start to like it more because you're getting involved. That's the oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I, t- I totally had the same argument on that one that, you know, people who do just look at videos and go, oh, that looks rubbish. It's like, you haven't played it. You don't know. Well, like, if you're looking up the game, not... you've already got interest in it anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, you can see people playing it. Yes, that, will give, that might pique your interest. If you want to go further, you do kind of need to play it. I agree on that front. That is a major factor in this medium because you know it, it sets it apart from any other form of media is that you are very much interacting with it in a way you can't with anything else. And well, that's why at... I kind of recommended Twitch as well because the fact that you could ask yeah. the person you're playing what, what their experience totally, are as yeah, they're playing that, it. That is, that is a better thing now that you do have that. Uh, unfortunately, that's <laughs> you've got to make sure you have someone who's actually good enough on Twitch to sort of feign these things in the right way. Because, you know, it, with the nicest way of putting it, there are a lot of people on Twitch who struggle to put three sentences to- together without whooping, hollering, and calling someone a faggot. So, even uh, not to say there aren't great people on Twitch that can do good stuff. Phoenix Down Radio is it's some just, of the best Twitch yeah. streamers ever. But that is totally. I said they're very much, yeah. (laughs) They are very much focused on what they're doing. You know, they they know what they're doing, don't they? They 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 have a specialty. Yeah. You know what I mean. Whereas a lot of them are out there just playing. We'll just play whatever is popular and watch it. It's like it's it's cringy in some ways when you see the sponsored stuff that's not sponsored. I did air quotes there for anyone that wasn't okay with that. It's. Yeah, it's uh, yes. Go ahead. I got email about being sponsored at one point. It was hilarious. Yeah, G2A is like, we want to sponsor you. I'm like, I have one viewer. Really? <laughs> you want to really sponsor one viewer? Okay, go ahead. I'm tempted to reply with, okay. I just ignored it. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So, uh, we had a good little chat there. That was nice. I like that. Uh, I don't, maybe just we one thing sort of... before we switch. Go on, go on, um, you talk about the intro pack being expensive and about the demos being with magazines, but magazines weren't really that cheap. I don't know about Europe, but you're looking at about five to six pounds if you wanted the magazine and the demo 
in the UK if which you want to be official. Yeah, which it still is now without the demo disc, which is crazy. I thought, I thought they had the demo disc still, or not? Did it? No, no, they've long since wow. stopped. Because the thing is, print, print magazines aren't really as big as they were back then because the internet takes over on that front. It, and games have changed to a degree where a lot of them you couldn't put on a demo disc without changing them very, very much from what they are in the main game because they require a certain amount of connection or, you know, you'd see things you aren't supposed to see or you wouldn't be able to do because you'd need the whole game. It's because games are so very much bigger in what they grew together nowadays than they did back in the day. It's not so straightforward that you can say, here's a level from a level. It's an open world and open world here, there and everywhere. That's Grand Theft Auto's thing yeah. about back in the day. Didn't really do a demo for it properly because it just gives away too much. And you, it takes people... extra, extra time as well that the developers don't have nowadays. The exactly. developers, when they're making a demo, have to make it as a separate build. Normally, yeah, away from the main game. So that means porting the assets over, and especially with the the time and money it costs to make a game now, it's just not, it's just not reasonable. Yeah, and with all these working parts, and you know this is why they do betas now, because they want to fix problems later on because of the working parts. You'd get a demo disc and you could kill your game off with that demo because it's a fixed point to you. Most people are going to look at it and go, well, it's on a disc and it doesn't work properly, so why should I trust that it will work properly for the main game? Which is yeah, fair and right response to a degree, but probably unfair in the sense of that you are effectively paying an alpha or beta version of a game. Yeah. Because they wouldn't be able to release, you know, the the game as it is like that. But yeah, you can see why it's moved away in a way. But you do wonder why there aren't like trial things still in the way there were, like the uh, tail end of the PS3 era. I think it's probably because a lot of developers don't want it to happen, do they? It's... No, I agree with you guys. I mean. We moved on from the past, obviously. The internet is big, and you can see a lot of people play. You can read a lot of stuff. You can you can pretty much get a feeling of what you read and see on the internet or here. But I still feel, you know, if you get a demo, you can download it um, as, as, you know, if you have a slow connection, it's, it's going to take a while. But, you know, you can just download it and let it sit there for whenever you got the time to play. But if you're stuck with, you know, there's a beta from date X to date Y, you have to be downloading it in that time and you have to try it out. And not everyone has that time. I'm not saying... Oh, no, yeah. I agree. So, so I kind of feel, you know, if you can put out a beta, surely there's something you can do to get, you know, more demos. Especially, I have to... For instance, Life is Strange. I wasn't sure about that game if I liked it, but... Neil, you told me that the game was really good and that it's it was the best definitely game worth a game to play. And I was curious about it because it looked interesting, but I wasn't sure if it was my cup of tea. But then I went on the store and actually saw it had a demo, which was surprising to me. But yeah, I tried out the demo and then I actually realized I want this game. So that the demo kind of helped me to decide that I wanted to buy it. And I kind of feel that demos would still be, you know, capable of helping get more sales because people can actually feel the game, I guess, like they always say at these conventions. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of feel that demos would still be, you know, 
a good thing in this day and age, especially since we have the internet, it's easier to just it, it's you don't have to change the whole demo to fit on a disc anymore. So why not use that, you know, to just put out demo on the PS Store and give people a chance to test it out, even if it's like half or half a level or one level. You don't even have to make it separately. Just you know, render the first part of a game or something, or a, a separate part of the game, so people yeah, can but get again, at least a feeling. Time. Thing, yeah, I know it? that, but you can do that after you release the game, even if you want. You don't have to do it good. before the game is released. Actually, yeah, good point in question there. That uh, one such game, Dying Light, is another game that does have a demo post release. So, but then you can see how they've done that. But obviously, that first part of the game is locked off from the rest of the game because you only do a certain thing and you're just going around the area. And you can't normally when you're playing the main game and it's still loading it all up. You can't go out of the apartment building until you the game is finished loading. So there's a natural cutoff point for that. So that makes sense to me. It's, yeah, but that's yeah. It, it, most open world games don't have that function, I think, and that's where you have trouble with demos because how do you convey what your game is about when you can't show everyone everything? Because that would just ruin half of it. it this. I mean, this is what I say, it doesn't apply to all games. So I agree, there are games that could easily get away with demos. Indie games are ones that need demos more than anything to get people to say, well, oh, to have a look at it, see what you think, and then make your judgment about, oh, it looks like a Sega Master System game, which you get every month. But, yeah, I mean, that would probably help them more than anyone. Yeah, and but, I uh, think the, the point about Dying Light is especially something that could be interesting. You know, if you can make an intro pack... Sure, you can make like a sort of, you know, I guess a 30 minutes or one hour cut where if you want to play on, you got to buy the game and then that you just lock the rest of the areas so you can't reach further than a certain point. So at least that still gives people an idea and, you know, you can still sell games easily that way. It doesn't need, I don't think that would require you to make a complete different game either or render a complete different thing. So that would still be an interesting idea. I mean, you can see it with, uh... yes, that was it. And you can see it in some games how that works. There you go. We've, yeah, had a good little debate about that. Uh... That'll probably take the place of something else we were going to talk about because it is quite a lot of stuff. Um, let's, let's have a little uh, fun then. It's, uh, Kevin, you brought up a couple of questions this week but, uh, you know, sort of debate things we could talk about. Um, you were saying about were there any games people would 100% you know, finish completely, find everything, items, etc. before trophies came around? Because um, obviously trophies have pretty much taken over for most people what that was about, that whole I must have everything and completionist sort of style of doing things. Uh, I mean, I'll put the question around that what to each of you. What games did you 100% before kids existed? Do you feel more or less motivated to fully complete games since trophies slash achievements, if you will, for other systems arrive? Um, Aaron, haven't heard you talk in a while. so Well... Some of the games that I've actually played in the past have actually had achievements of, well, I wouldn't say trophies, but they've definitely had achievements in them before. So you had like Guild hmm. Wars. In fact, quite a lot of MMOs have always had some form of achievement. They were pretty much the forebearers of that, I think. Yes, the MMOs. They were. They were. So 
I think the first one I played, which had it, it, it wasn't exactly in there, but there was something which kind of had it was uh, Ragnarok Online. So everything you did in that game, you kind of like had a collection of how much you actually did in it. So how much you killed of one thing and etc. But it wasn't really taking it that much further. But in Guild Wars, they took it a really long way. And for everything you did, goes towards a certain like achievement. And as soon as you get a certain amount of achievements completed, you get an overall achievement, which is something like... Uh, well, it, it's to do with a book, basically. And if you get 35 maxed out achievements, I think it was 35 anyway, uh, you get called God uh, Walking Amongst Men, which is kind of like... Oh, it, it's a reference to something, I'm not 100% sure, but uh, what they did is they took it even further than that. And if you got those achievements and you had Guild Wars 2, <laughs> uh, they carried across as well to get extra bonuses. So they've actually taken the achievements much further. So for me, I've actually really been part of the achievement hunting game pretty much well before it even was established. So I've always pretty much gone along with what they do because I think it does actually eke a little bit more gameplay out than what you normally would think of. A lot of games you could just play and think, yeah, I'm done with it. And some of the things, the achievements, you have a look at and thinking, oh, really? That's there? I didn't think that was there. And you actually find out there's a lot more gameplay to be had from achievements if they actually think of the achievements properly. But if they don't think of the achievements properly, it's just like, oh, complete chapter one, complete chapter two, then I just personally think it's completely worthless and... They need to make something worthwhile, but as long as they do it properly, then yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. I think when I go back to that, that uh, especially Telltale's games, you know, they're sort of easy platforms to basically yeah, play the game. Chapter one and two, isn't which, it? <laughs> but that, yeah, but it makes sense because why you play with the story and how you're playing the game by getting you to do multiple things if it's going to mess up how you see the game. The, the idea is to play it through in one go and play it your way, not think, well, I've got to play it this way because I want to get this trophy for this ending and this trophy for that ending. So then you're just yeah, ruining it a bit. I mean, uh, yeah. Wolf Among Us did it a bit with that and it just felt a bit off that you had to go and replay sections and make the other choices. Yes, yeah, so that's pretty much how Beyond Two Souls and Heavy Rain did it, wasn't it? You mm. had to complete the game in certain ways in order for it to be, well, for you to get a platinum, really. And a lot of the time, you just had to go to a certain section, just change that little thing, and then you were done with it. And it just kind of made it a little bit pointless in a way. But I don't think that was a very good way of them handling the achievements. They could have done, like, extra gameplay stuff that was in the game, but people would most likely miss, so... Yeah, I th I think they just need to do it in a way to actually make people explore the game properly, rather than just, yeah, you need to do this, and that's basically it. It's just no, not the same thing. Yeah, I, I mean, this for me, Bethesda are very good at that. 
with their games and trophies, I found that it encouraged exploration, which is half the point of the game, and trying different things out rather than just setting down the path. It's like, so you'll chance upon stuff and do it. It's like, as much as the trophies are there, you know that you want to play it your way, and it still keeps you probably only miss like a few trophies at the ends. That's it, and they could be easily be mopped up within your normal playthrough. But, but yeah, having to restart games and do it again, like uh, like uh, my least favorite of that is uh, guide games where it's like play it on hard, play it on harder, play it on hard, harder, harder, harder. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, like which basically play on the super you know, death hard mode. Yeah, oh, it's and I mean, like... if you literally play it on the hardest to start with that you can, you you know you get stackable trophies and they'll all sort of come together but it's like uh, it's, it just feels forced and uncharted it's not the sort of game that i enjoy when it gets hard because it's got terrible ai and uh, the controls really aren't suited to a hard game but yeah but going back to that i just mentioned that uh as a Naughty Dog game of 100% multiple times regardless of trophies and for trophies is Jack and Daxter which, you know, back in the PS2 era, I you know, 100%ed that game twice. And then it came to PS3 with trophies, and I 100%ed that. And of course, by 100%ing it in the way I did back then, trophies were all there. So, so that was cool. And again, I did it on the Vita. And it's, again, that's like you're saying, as long as it ties into everything you do, without sort of going off the path that's there, it's better in a way. I think that is the way, like you say, that trophies should be. You know, they, they should not be, oh, I've got to go and do this thing that totally goes against what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like, uh, or change your playstyle just for the sake of changing it. Good in certain ways if you know it's a game trying to get you to experiment with playstyles because well, that's how that's, you get the most out of the game. That's what The Last of Us did. When you played on a harder difficulty level, they took away all the loot and you pretty much had to sneak throughout the entire game and it completely changed the dynamics of it. And in mm. one way it was a really good idea, but the fact is you had to play through the earlier difficulty levels first before you could actually do that was a bit of annoying. But as soon as it that, that's very much a naughty dog stable, yeah. Yeah. But once you brought out the remaster then they unlocked it straight from the start, which was a good thing. Definitely. Um, yeah, so I t- wouldn't say it's any different for me 100% in games because I was 100% games back then. It's like I love the Grand Theft Auto games. I've never 100%ed one apart from San Andreas, which annoyed me when it came back with trophies because, oh, all right, so in GTA 4, I initially did that before trophies were a thing uh, i managed 100% that a few months later once they came out with the patch for it which had the trophies as i don't want to have to do it all again which you had to for some reason and yeah just no motivation to do that again it's like i've done all this why well, i'm gonna do it just for some shiny pretties um yeah so personally nothing's changed for me so anything you treat any differently because of that sort of thing to be honest, I'm not really sure. Um, I think it just depends on the actual game that's played. To be honest, yeah. so. I mean, on occasion, it's encouraged me to play games to completion that I probably wouldn't have. Because you can see the incentive. Oh, well, I could get the trophies easily. That'd be a, even though 
that's the case. There are still games that just, nah, I'm not going to play it for the sake of a few easy trophies. I'm looking at you, Terminator Salvation, Hannah Montana. Oh, good. Trophy Whores would love. Yes, that, that they are two particular games that Trophy Whores uh, are very fond of. Because they're easy plats, but terrible games. Um, Kevin, yeah. what about you? How do you feel about this? Well, I kind of have to say that, you know, when I was younger and I had my PlayStation 1, I didn't have as many games as I have now because, you know, y- your parents buy them, so you don't get as much you, you as you did. Don't, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of remember playing Crash Bandicoot 1, 2, 3, uh, Spyro, oh, the yeah. Dragon, the, the third one, uh, Year of the Dragon it was, yeah. and Ape Escape. And I remember oh, I played Ape all Escape. of those games completely 100% over and over again you know switching games each time and I guess the one that stood out the most to me was Year of the Dragon Spyro because the amount of eggs you had to collect and every single jewel you could find it was such a big task but it was so brilliantly fun and I feel like trophies kind of took away that that touch to me personally I used to be really interested in it and I played the game because I was like, wow, this game is amazing and I'm going to get everything. And now there's like, oh, you bought a game. Here's some trophies. Half of them are online. Never mind. (laughs) Then you have another game and it's like, hey, so you have to play this on the hardest difficulty if you want to get close to platinum. Never mind. (laughs) I just don't feel that, you know, if, if trophies, like Aaron said, are properly thought through and they... You know, or, or at least get realistically. You know, I love the Uncharted series. I would try Platinum if I didn't have to go for the ridiculous settings. Same yeah. for The Last of Us. I would love to get Platinum on that baby, except for the ridiculous crushing mode or whatever it is. That just puts me off a lot because, you know, I won't lie. I'm a shit gamer. <laughs> I'm not that good at it, especially with a controller. If it would have been with mouse and keyboard, my aim would have been way better. But with a controller, hell no. I, you know, half of my magazine is against the wall. And then if I'm lucky, I get a headshot. So I would be really happy (laughs) if there would be no ridiculous trophies. Like you have to play this game online. And then they're like, you have to play this game on the difficult mode that we invented. Take that away and I'll be a lot more interested. That's why I currently only really go for the easy platforms. For instance, Kevin. Yes, I ben. found a little device that lets you play keyboard and mouse on PS4 with yeah. any game. Wait, is that like a piece in between? No, the key, the, the, it's actually programmed to work like a PS4 controller. You don't have to put anything in it. You just mm-hmm. plug it to your PS4. Yeah, I think I, I think I saw that. Isn't that like ridiculously expensive? It's about £100, I think it is. Is that yeah. like one of that mini keyboard thing? Yeah, it's by, uh, what's it Hori. The one we're thinking of? Yeah, I think I, I've got yeah. the same one in my mind. Let me just yeah, have a we look. Yeah, did, we did a news post about it last year. I think it's uh, come up. So, yeah, I could. I totally agree with that. But there are certain games I wish it was just mouse and keyboard. because It would be so much easier. Oh, yeah, I remember that. But <laughs> it's, uh, the thing is, if, if you would play with that, Ben, you, said you would have what? to get used to those controls again. Because when, when you, you when you play with keyboard and mouse, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind I, of feel it's it's weird. 
to to get used those controls when you're a PC gamer, and then you switch to a controller again, and then back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just oh. feel they should. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, years and years of not doing it the uh, PC way after having done it for PC way for so long. Uh, yeah, it's it's just can feel very alien again. But then once you're into the rhythm of it, yeah, it just feels like home, you know. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, don't quite have that luxury of not switching between control systems at the minute. And uh, yeah, I went there. from console basically to PC, and then it only got worse. And I, with my PlayStation Three, <laughs> I kind of went back to PlayStation Three controllers. But it's just for me. I'm if I can aim more precisely, it's gonna help me a lot in the game, especially when you have shooters like Uncharted and The Last of Us. Where with the joystick, I'll be like, because I just can't aim with it. And I'll have, <laughs> I have shot everything in the area, every vase, every glass, every bottle, except for the enemy. <laughs> so it'd be, a, it'd be a big plus if they would take Don't away those mate. crushing things, modes and everything like that. And just make it, you know, oh. like there's some really good ones in, in Uncharted where you have to use... I think it's every gun, isn't it? And you have to get a certain amount of kills with every gun. Yeah, yeah. That would be. That's just interesting. I would. I would love to do that because it's really fun to try get kills every time with a pistol, and then with an AK, and then with a sniper, and so on. But then it's like, all right, now go crushing mode, and you just look at it. You try five minutes, and you're like, I'm done. <laughs> so that's personally my point i just currently just go for the easy trophies because i'm not really into the whole ridiculous difficulties and online multiplayer trophies especially not the multiplayer yeah. trophies all i miss if i'm tired is the stupid collectibles and then i could platinum that yeah they were really good the collectibles were fun like in golden abyss yeah they, they made sense they, were, they really make sense within terms of that but that's why i said difficulty ones not so much not yeah to the do- golden not to abyss that degree if Golden Abyss didn't have that ridiculous difficulty setting, I had already platinumed it. <laughs> made difficulty hmm. trophies after over collectible trophies. I would rather have the tra- difficulty ones than trying to collect stuff because I always get lost. Yeah, I don't know. I'd... Column A, column B sort of thing. Infamously for me, one of the uh, games I actually bothered to try doing hard mode on to get a trophy on because I'd heard it wasn't that hard a hard mode was the uh, Darkness Two. And oh, that, yeah, so I did it. Darkness was an amazing did, game, though. Yeah, so I got the I got the hard mode trophy on that, and there were a couple of trophies where you had to kill a certain amount of enemies in a certain scene, um, and get the trophy. Oh my god impossible absolutely impossible it was like harder than anything on hard mode even playing on the easiest mode it was just impossible to do and that game remained on 97 percent complete forever <laughs> it's just it's a shame because i really love that game but it just got to the point where if i keep doing this i'm not gonna like it as much anymore and that's really not the point but yes yeah, so I, I hate games like that where you just sort of get a very close platinum and something really stupid stops it Pez 2011, going back to online trophies, was uh, one of the worst offenders for that. One of the online trophies required you to win 75% of your last 20 matches. Now, think about this. An online sports game, where uh, if you know online sports games, 
you're going to get rage quitters and people who do the sneaky disconnect trick. So what do you think the chances are of winning 15 out of 20 games online? Well, you Even probably wouldn't win any because I'm going to go with 15% through rage quitting. Closest I got, right, was I won eight games. And that was out of 20. And in that time, the losses, all bar one, or draws, came because of disconnects. Like that. And it, the fact that it came didn't count as like a no game back then, because this is like still early PS3 and uh, Tony weren't very good at this whole online thing. And Konami, Konami really weren't good at it. Konami are just Konami. Uh, They've never been good. <laughs> hey, best two games of last year. Konami is Konami, and Konami is the worst. Who's oh, the lever? <laughs> <laughs> I've always hit the level. But yes. So yeah, it was uh, a terrible thing and it made me despise it. Luckily, PES 2012 came out and they uh, ditched that trophy and what do you know? Got the platinum. Easy as that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'd say we've all had a bit of a say on that. Ben, anything you wanted to add? Uh, not really. No? You, uh, just cool. the fact that the only issue I have with online trophies is the fact that once the game servers are down that trophy that game is now unplatinable you cannot 100% yes. sit anymore because you cannot play online because there is no online it's going to be a very big double issue in years to come with so the ones that are always online <laughs> the division um, they don't <laughs> they're not they're not going to be for the long term surely because it's so the game won't even be playing anymore either. Yeah. No, well, that's it. How can you really... Be... They all talk about this in modern games. It's like, we want this game that will span 10 years. They all want to be, you know, World of Warcraft or Call of Duty. They, but even Activision aren't stupid enough to go, well, we'll just use the same game every year because people ruin the hell out of it after a few years. Call of Duty is an indie game. I've never heard it before. Oh, yeah, up and coming thing. They've only had at least a plus sequels in the last... Decade or so, yeah, nothing much. Uh, but yeah, you you can understand with sports games that they do annual ones with that, and that's why the servers go because it's a lot of day. But yeah, can you really see Destiny being a thing in a decade? You know, considering they said they had a ten-year plan, which was... lasted what two years. See, yeah, this is where people Ridiculous. get it wrong. Their idea of a ten-year plan doesn't mean that. I hate this. No, no, all right. Now, I'll say this because I've told you this before as well. Yes, the 10-year plan doesn't mean they had it to go for 10 years. It was five years was the development and the PR and everything years afterwards. But the fact that they were already thinking about Destiny 2 in the time that they were still supposed to be having a long lead-off from Destiny shows that what they may have thought, Bungie, definitely wasn't what Activision were thinking because... Yeah. <laughs> It's just so what they many did with the people DLC. seem to use that ten-year plan as in thinking that Destiny yeah. was going to last ten years, and it's it's just. Oh no, I was very early. Yeah, I was very early, early in the defence of that game. With yeah, you considering know, I don't like it at all anymore, it's uh, good of me to be defensive for it, <laughs> especially being an Activision published game. But yeah, it's meant to be five years, basically, and all-inclusive lead up and the lead out. But that's it. The fact that, that Destiny 2 was coming in hot despite the game selling well and you know, winning, re-winning the community back, it's, it's, it's gone again. But it's silly. 
and it's stupid. Well, look at us. We went off on a tangent there. Also, <laughs> Rome said that the character will transfer to two. Yes, which is nice. Makes sense, really. Don't. But no, something or any game, you'll yeah. just your character transfer to two. But oh no, he has amnesia. He's forgotten all his abilities and his levels and his weapons. Yeah, and now there's about fifty more levels you've got to go up to, so you might as well be at level one again. <laughs> Yeah, that stuff like that. Titanfall is uh, infamous for that now that you know, it was dead within a month, really, compared to what it was. But uh, you could, it, it's a worry for the future of uh, online only games that they just won't be playable because if they ditch the servers, then what you got? Nothing like that. And consoles don't really have the same luxury that PC do, where people will you know, bring things back to life if they really want it to be alive. So, yeah, it's. Very throwaway, which is strange when you think about what they're trying to build. Well, the thing anyway. is that multiplayer oh, games on, are, I was going to say multiplayer games are much easier to make because there's far less content to actually drive into it than there is single-player content because it all has to be all unique hmm. assets. So yes. I can understand why they'd want to get a multiplayer route because it's a hell of a lot cheaper to develop for. However... This is making a huge drawback in the consumer space where if a game just suddenly dies, then you could actually find out that the developer actually could be in a massive problem because no one's buying the game because no one's playing it. But if they add in single-player content, then people will keep buying it because, well, there's something to do in there still. Even if no one's actually online, at least they've still got a game to play. And GTA, Santos Daughter 5 is a good example of that. Two separate beings within the same game. If one yep. doesn't, you know, the online ever goes, they've still got the other thing. Exactly. So developers really need to start going back to how it was, I suppose. It's like either go full on single player, full on multiplayer, or just literally have both. But don't mm. just go for multiplayer just for the sake of it, because you might have the crowd there, but if no one picks up your game, then you're screwed. Yeah, which actually, just I know this is going off on a tangent that like we have been, but that's cool. That's what tangents are for. Yeah. Um, yeah. It reminds me recently of a game I reviewed called Gunscape, which was basically you can create your own first-person levels from the 90s sort of style. You know, very, it's Minecraft for first-person shooters, if you will. Oh, no, that sounds amazing. Is, it does, but can you see the instant problem? Had you heard of it before I said that? No, I hadn't. Exactly. There you go. Without the push, without the PR. Is it already out? There. Yeah, it came out. and Well... You know what the uh, numbers were three days in? Two Less copies. than a dozen people. Less than a dozen people online playing. Well, I'll have to Google it. I'll have to look it up in the store. But it's it's a really good concept. It's not like the greatest shooter in it ever or anything. But as I said, they've made Unreal Tournament's Opposing Worlds, uh, Facing Worlds, sorry. And, you know, they've made some other, you know, they've made Turok levels, Quake levels, Doom levels, stuff like that. It's, it's really cool. And people are coming up with their own stuff that's actually pretty decent as maps go, but not enough people playing it. It's because it's an indie game, it's just not got that knock to it. And on PC, this is something to mention as well, it's been in early access since last year and it was free. Whereas on PS4, 15 quid, which now, listen to it, 15 quid is more than playing for the intro pack for Hitman, 
which people know about. Yeah, it's like that's the sort of competition you got around that price range. You know, it's a risky price to put it that high. If you put it lower, you might have got a few more people in. It's a shame, but it, that's just it. Making an ambitious game for that you want to last and build a community around and have you know, an online community, especially. That's all well and good, but there's a, so many games out there doing it. But if you're not getting a lot of money pushed into it to begin with, you're going to have a big tough time doing it. It'll probably go back to the history. It's Minecraft is the thing there where you look at PCs uh, early accessing. Minecraft and Daisy are the things that everyone else tries to do in their own games now. So now, if you want, you're going to get noticed and you've got an idea that's like that that's really good which like this as i said it's partly inspired by minecraft and partly by nighty shooters new unique enough idea out there but it's a wash with games trying to do similar things and it's that's the problem and it, it's the same in the, the main console space so many games trying to vie for online space they're not all going to get the time from people and uh, destiny's you know, they realize that with that now that it was not going to last as long as they thought because other games come out with this online content you know it's like the division's getting hyped up at the minute i honestly do wonder how long it will be before we get the same sort of dip in positivity i'm, I'm happy that the division's already planned we know what the content is Yes, which was very much yeah. a big criticism of Destiny, that you couldn't say that. Uh, it was all a bit smoke and mirrors. And then, as you said before, you found content that was cut, literally cut from the game, yeah. and then sold for you know, £20 a pop. And it's like, on top of your base game, it's, just, it's despicable. And then trying to resell the game again and putting stuff in there that people who have been loyal don't even get. You know, however trivial it was, it, they people didn't get it. It's that's that. Well, you, yeah, you, I was kind of still kind of annoyed that they had it refer a fan swords like a year and a half or so after the game comes out, where everybody referred a lot of friends to the game, mm. which means that all the friends I know that want to play it have bought it because I've told them to buy it, yeah. and because of that, I can't get the the swords and the sparrows and the unique mission and stuff. Yes. So yeah, that goes back to what Aaron was saying, is that you do need to sort of balance it out. If you want your game to last, you need to have something that isn't just about playing online. If you're really going to go for that online space, because, yeah, you're going to have problems. Like, I mean, I go back to GTA Online again. Yes, I know you don't like it, Ben, but the fact that... Oh, no, that I like GTA Online. I just don't yeah, like GTA. You're on, the fact that even if everyone's... There's no one about... That you can still pootle about the place, do your stuff, because you know everything. It acts like a hub, a big hub. You can go and at least you can you know, still go golfing. You still go golfing. You go and do your car up. <laughs> you can go buy your weapons, and then you can go find a server that has got people in if you want. It's, it's that's you've got to have that. Games were. I mean, I'm gonna, uh, I've just defended Hitman to the hill about pricing and stuff, but one of Hitman's biggest criticisms since launch for me is the fact that. So, so big a chunk that relies on it being online, which is nuts. It's a single player game. Yes, it has a social experience that means you have to play with, uh, you know, you can share your contracts with other people and, you know, get them to beat your score and stuff like that. Great, brilliant. But there's stuff that doesn't require being online that gets taken off if you don't do it and your scores don't go up and all these things. It's, 
bit disappointing it just strips the game back luckily you know there's a good amount of meat still left but it's a bit sad for a game that isn't really multiplayer focused to have that yeah look at that we get, we get some good tangents there i like that probably didn't leave any time for what, everything else we wanted to talk about today we can leave them for another week so i think that's pretty good it's been a pleasure lad so uh any shout outs before we go uh, I'd like a shout out to Elliot Buttons. Um, uh, shame about what happened to your Twitch account, but you know, drinking on stream is pretty bad. Anyway, Phoenix Down Radio, I want to give a shout out to you guys. You're amazing. Um, uh, just don't crash like you nearly did last time, Klaus. Uh, uh, you know, I'm watching by watching a mean talking into your ears as you're driving. So, <laughs> a big shout out to that. Um, and a shout out to anyone on Twitter who follows me. Hello, everyone on Twitter who follows me and are listening to the words I'm speaking right now. Oof. Look at that. How's that for meta? It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Aaron, meta it hurts. Any, any shout outs? Uh, none for me. None for you. Could have just made one up. It would have fine. Um, Kevin. What about you? Anything you want to shout out or pimp or? <laughs> Excuse me. I don't literally mean pimp, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. That's fair. I was in a party chat last week, and it sounded like I was pimping someone out because they came in to the, my house because I pay for a cleaner to clean my flat. Oh, and cool. Yeah, I wish I could do that sometimes. <laughs> and she said, "Ah, oh, it doesn't seem like you've given enough money," and that's all the chat heard. So it made it sound like us. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant stuff. Uh, I think we've had a good old chat this week. It's probably a bit serious for us, which is mad. Uh, I should probably say something like knobs at the end, you know, just to settle that balance a bit. To cool down. To cool down. <laughs> to make it easy. We've had fun. I'm probably not going to be here next week as I, it's everyone in the world decides to have birthdays on that week so it's gonna be fun i'll be doing that but i'm, I'm sure ben or mike will be uh, more than willing to take up the mantle and lead us into the Probably promised land because it's been too long it has it has mike's starting to feel like a, a secondary character in this story at this rate we've got to get him back to that point of authority it's christ it's, it's clearly not working with me in charge <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, so that was episode 112. Uh, we've had fun. We've talked a lot about some very serious points, which, yes, I know that's not what everyone's here for. They want the Gordon Ramsay willy jokes. Not every week, I'm afraid, guys. You know, yeah, we, we didn't can't get always... to talk about Gordon Ramsay. This is the most disappointing yeah. podcast ever made. Yeah. Now we have, of course. So there you go. The balance Yay. addressed. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, that's great. Kevin. Say bye. Bye. Aaron, say bye. Bye. Ben, say bye. Thank God for me. And I'll say tatty bye. See you later, lads.